Hello and welcome to Book Choice, Publisher's Choice on Fine Music Radio with me, your host, Paige Nick. You're tuned into the only show in the whole country, possibly even the whole world, where three very well-known international global superstar publishers and South Africa's favorite bookseller, Exclusive Books, come on the show and each take a chance to tell us about what they're publishing this month, what they've coming out on the shelves, their favorite reads, and the things they recommend you read. So this is a really unique show, and I really look forward to it every single month. And to got a pen and paper handy, and I always take down notes of the things that I want to read, so I, I hope you do the same. So as I mentioned, we've got three fantastic publishers. Those are Pan Macmillan, Jonathan Ball, and Penguin Random House. Chances are you've heard of all of them. They're all household names in publishing, locally and internationally. We like to think of this as our behind-the-scenes-of-publishing show. Nobody knows the publishing industry quite like the people you're about to hear from. So first off today, I want to start with Jonathan Ball Publishers. So Jonathan Ball, as I always tell you every month on the show, I tell you that they've been publishing and distributing a whole lot of local and international fiction and non-fiction, and they've been doing this since 1976. So the thing about Jonathan Ball that makes them really special is that they specialize in local non-fiction reads. So chances are if you've got a pension for non-fiction or you've bought somebody a non-fiction title in South Africa, a local non-fiction title, or you have a few on your shelves, chances are the majority of them have been published by Jonathan Ball Publishers. The other thing that sets Jonathan Ball apart from the other publishers is that they have a podcast and their podcast is called Pagecast. And they bring this out every few weeks. I think they normally bring it out on a Monday. I really enjoy this podcast. They interview an author, talk about an upcoming release, and they delve a lot deeper into a publication. And it's a real treat to listen to it. Often if I've read the book already, I like to go back and find the podcast that speaks to that author. Or if I'm anticipating a book, then I take a listen to that as well. So that's called Pagecast, and you can find that wherever you find your podcasts. Um, it really is a fantastic podcast. So Jonathan Baller here next, and they're going to come in with their, they normally bring their whole team and everyone gets a chance to tell us what they're publishing. And they're here to tell us what's on their shelves this month. Hello, Jonathan Ball. Good afternoon, Paige and FMR listeners. My name is Annie Ulifir, and I'm the publishing director of Jonathan Ball Publishers. My team and I are so excited to share with you our lineup of enthralling stories for the first half of 2024. Our books cover a range of topics from memoir and history to literary nonfiction, a wildlife book, and another uh, with a title we're probably not allowed to say on air. I'd like to start by telling you more about two titles that will be released in February. The first is the 60th anniversary edition of a South African classic. It's the drum journalist Bloke Morisani's Blame Me on History, which was banned when it was first published in the 1960s. Bloke's penetrating observations and insightful commentary paint a vivid picture of the realities of everyday life for black South Africans under apartheid, with great parts of the book being set in the legendary township of Sophia Town. Our second book for February was first published in the United Kingdom and we bought the Southern African rights. It's called How to Fight a War and was written by the conflict scholar Mike Martin from King's College, London. 
I find this book very topical given the war in Gaza and Israel and also in the Ukraine. This book offers a clear guide for how to orchestrate military forces and force your enemy to do what you want. According to the author, a successful military campaign will avoid unnecessary loss of life and bring a conflict to an end as quickly as possible. The next book for April focuses on a small yet fascinating part of our past. It is a history of the Italian prisoners of war, or POWs, who were sent to South Africa during the Second World War. It is called Prisoners of Jan Smuts and was written by the historian Karen Horn, who managed to track down no less than two surviving POWs, one in Italy and one in South Africa. She had access to the war memoirs and letters of a further three men. This account therefore offers not only a broad history, but also a very personal perspective on the Italians' experiences in the country. The main POW camp was at Sonderwater, outside Cullinan, where there is a museum today. The POWs were known for their work on harvesting schemes, as well as several road building and construction projects, including the Detoiskluf Pass near Paul. Many of them stayed behind and became prominent members of society, such as the artist Eduardo Villa and the businessman Aurelio Gatti, who established an ice cream empire. Hi, Jeremy Borain here. I'm going to tell you about three of my books. The first is Called by the Wild by Conrad de Rosner, which is due out on the 13th of March. This is a thrilling story of the conservationist who pioneered the use of dogs in combating poachers to protect wildlife in South Africa. Conrad decided early in his life to use his almost telepathic rapport with dogs to tackle the poaching crisis sweeping South Africa. It's a dangerous profession and called by the wild is an epic of modern day wildlife conservation. His first anti-poaching dog, a Weimarana named Zingela, was an inseparable companion. Zingela saved Conrad's life on numerous occasions including once when Conrad was about to be assassinated by two fellow rangers hired by poachers. Co-written with Graham Spence, who was the author of The Elephant Whisperer, Call by the Wild will transport you onto the front line against the scourge of poaching. My next book is unfortunately named Bullshit, 50 Fibs That Made South Africa by Jonathan Anser. I'll be sure not to mention the title again. This is due out on the 3rd of April, 2024. Here is a witty and outrageous miscellany of lies, myths, untruths, fibs and fabrications that tell the woeful history of South Africa. Aimed at offending and entertaining in equal measures, this will have you sniggering and spluttering into your post-toasties. It'll also pique your curiosity. The lies come thick and fast like a burst sewerage pipe onto a beach. There are 50 of them, but I only have time to tell you one. Back in the early 1990s, President Nelson Mandela told us that we, as a nation, were special. 30 years later, it turns out we aren't special at all. He lied to us. Jonathan Anser has written, after consulting with historians and barflies alike, a fascinating and witty collection of the lies we've been told and the lies we tell ourselves. My third and last book is called Show Me the Place, Essays by Hedley Twidle. This is out in 25th April, 2024. Headley is one of South Africa's finest writers working today. And in this beautiful collection of essays, he sets out to find glimmers of utopia in a very troubled world. Whether embarking on a bizarre quest to find Cecil Rhodes's missing nose 
or bikepacking the Scottish islands with a couple of squabbling anarchists. Whether learning to surf in Middle Age and the freezing waters of the Cape Peninsula, or navigating the fraught politics of a Buddhist retreat center. Headley explores forgotten utopias, intentional communities, and islands of imagination with curiosity, hope, and a great deal of self-deprecating humor. In a world that often appears dystopian, this book is balm for the soul. That's my lot. I hope you enjoy them. Birds of Greater Southern Africa is a spectacular field guide that includes all residents, breeding and migrating species found in Greater Southern Africa, including areas from Malawi, Mozambique, Namibia, Zambia and of course South Africa. It covers nearly 1,200 species and includes illustrations and maps for each one. This is an essential reference book for anyone living or visiting wildlife-rich areas. The book will be released on the 27th of March and retails for 450 The Wolf Hunt by Justin Fox is out in mid-May and it's the second exciting novel in the Jack Pembroke series, which has taken off in the UK a very rare feat for South African authors. The first book, The Cape Raider, sold more than 30,000 copies in the UK and the US, which is testimony to what an incredibly enjoyable read it is. The second book picks up the adventures of British Naval Officer Jack Pembroke on the high seas around South Africa during World War II. The first book saw Jack captaining a mine-sweeping fleet and a crew operating out of Simonstown as a German raiding ship prowls around the Cape, sowing mines and destroying passenger and cargo ships. In the second book, Jack must now learn to master anti-submarine warfare as Germany sends its wolf packs to target vital Allied convoys sailing around the country. He finds himself in a deadly cat-and-mouse game with a wily German sub-captain along the coast from Durban to Namibia. It's a thrilling tale which takes the reader into parlous times and the dangerous world of merchant seamen and the Navy during World War II. Positively Me, Daring to Live and Love Beyond HIV. This is a story of Nozibele Mayaba as told to Sue Nyati. Nozibele is an HIV and AIDS activist, an internationally recognized podcaster and TV host. In 2013, Nozibele was diagnosed with HIV. At the time, she had only had one sexual partner, her boyfriend. Up until this point, she had lived her life by the book, raised by a Christian mother who taught her to be a good girl and good grades and make a decent living for herself. Following a breakup with the love of her life and dealing with the devastating diagnosis, Nozibella quickly fell into a depression and so began the fight for her life, the fight for her purpose and her finding the will to live beyond HIV. This is a story about becoming and overcoming. Nozibella's life is a reminder that if you hold on to hope, anything is possible. Positively Me will be out in March 2024 and will retail for 310 rand. And last but not least, we have Love and Fury by Margie Orford. Love and Fury traces a woman's fierce love and righteous rage, unraveling entanglements that are at once tender and traumatic. Renowned South African crime writer Margie Orford offers candid revelations, both political and personal, which have shaped her life and influenced her writing. Surviving marriage and divorce, depression, personal loss and sexual assault, Orford recounts memories of what she has experienced as a woman, a wife, a mother and particularly 
as a writer. Love and Fury demonstrates the enduring, debilitating effects of hurt and harm, but at the same time, it exemplifies the power of love, self-belief, and self-reflection, ultimately offering a message of hope. This book is for every person who has experienced passion and wrath, and who looks beyond this to the light. Get a copy of this beautifully fierce book from your favorite book provider on the 4th of March, 2024. Thank you so much for listening. You can find any of our books at your local bookstore. What a wonderful selection of books to choose from. There are at least two there that I'm very interested in, so hopefully I'll pick them up and I'll be able to tell you about them on another show. If you want to keep up with Jonathan Ball's latest book news, they have event updates, they've got a lot of launches that are happening around the country, and those are really fun to attend. Um, you can also find out about their new releases. Other than their podcast called Pagecast, you can also visit their website, which is jonathanball.co.za. And they're also very active on social media. They often have giveaways, they have interesting information, interesting book releases, so you can find them on all social medias. These guys are super active on Facebook, on X, was called Twitter, on Instagram, on LinkedIn, and on TikTok. Um, so go and find them. Look for Jonathan Ball, and you'll find them uh, wherever you find your social media. Thank you so much, Jonathan Ball. We love having you in the studio. So how about some music before we move on to our next publisher? This is the Soweto String Quartet, and they are bringing us Where Are You Taking Me To? Well, I can tell you we're taking you to a lot more books right after this song. You're tuned in to Fine Music Radio, 
And this is Book Choice, Publisher's Choice. This is our hour-long book show where we chat to three different publishers, South African publishers who are also globally, they have a global footprint. And we talk to Exclusive Books, our favorite local bookseller. Next up, we're chatting to the powerhouse of Penguin Random House. Penguin Random House, as you know, one of the biggest publishers in the world. And we're joined by Viz today. Viz is the sales manager at Penguin Random House. He has an enormous job. I tell you about this every week. All these publishers have a really big job. So it's great that they take their time out to come on our show and tell us about what they've got going on. So Viz manages sales. He manages marketing. He manages launch updates. He manages also, actually, interestingly, the creation of the books. He manages the printing, the cover design, the editing, the typography. So, like I said, it's a really, really big job. I find it a really interesting job. I also know that when these guys mention a book, if they've really enjoyed it, I know I can trust that recommendation because they see so many books coming through. They know what sells, they know what works, and they know what they like. These guys are reading an absolute fortune. So, Viz, welcome to the show. I'm very interested to hear about Penguin's latest fiction, non-fiction. Maybe you've got some children's books or some YA for us. Let's hear all about it. Hi, Paige, and hi to the team and the listeners uh, at FMR. Uh, I'm back for the second of the year, and uh, it's it's it's, a, it's an exciting time at Penguin Random House, and 2024 is going to be a really, really good year, I think, for us in terms of our list. Um, and I'm going to continue telling you uh, what the hot tickets are month on month, um, and uh, I hope you like the, the, the books that I picked. And I'm going to start off with the first one. It's uh, all the ones that I've picked up here on this list are releasing in February. Um, so you should be able to find them at any major bookstore or online store that you go to. Right. The first one is a highly anticipated book. Uh, it's by the author of The Silent Patient, Alex Michelides. Uh We were so excited to get him uh, on our list. And I couldn't wait to tell you about it, actually. I couldn't bring it up on the last show, but... I thought, let me just wait a little bit and I'll bring it to you when it actually is releasing, which is now in Feb. You should be able to see it um, in, in stores. Uh, it's called The Fury and uh, it's back to form. I know some people uh, maybe didn't like the previous one, The Maidens, that much, but they love The Silent Patient. I, I'm here to tell you that this one is sort of back to form for Alex and what he can actually do. In the writing world. So the book is set on a little island just off the coast of Mykonos. It's owned by a very, very famous uh, actress who's now retired, and she invites her friends and her partner, obviously a partner's with her, her best friends, and her child is with them and the people who work on the island. So there's about seven of them in total. They're on this island. The, the story is told to you in five parts, and at the end of the first part, or act one, as he puts it, someone is found murdered. And that's where the story sort of starts to unravel. But I will say this sort of at first glance looks like a whodunit, but it actually is a why done it. Um, and you learn as the book goes on, he peels back the layer and layer and layer all the moments leading up to the murder and them reaching the island. So it kind of works backwards. So it's a really, really well-structured, well-put-together, well-written book. It's something that we expected from Alex, and we're so excited to have him with Penguin Random House. The Fury by Alex Michelides is out right now. Right, the next one is a non-fiction book by Michael Watkins. It's called Six Disciplines of Strategic Thinking. If you are a fan of non-fiction or you like business books, this one 
uh, could be for you. He did an amazing book a while back called The First 90 Days, which is a really, really good book for any entrepreneur to read or business person. So this one is, as the title says, The Six Disciplines of Strategic Thinking. Um, what does it actually require? Six very simple principles um, on strategy and how you should be formulating plans. So it's, a, it's an amazing book. Michael Watkins, The Six Disciplines of Strategic Thinking. Uh, that's from the author of The First 90 Days. So you probably will remember him. Right. The next one is another firm favorite. This man wrote a, a great book a while ago. It's also a nonfiction book called Emotional Intelligence. And that book went on to inspire many, many more writers and, and uh, people who write in this genre. Um, and now he is back uh, with another book called Optimal by da Daniel Goldman. And in this book, you take the principles of what he would have taught in terms of emotional intelligence, for example, and how can you actually now use that concept uh, of emotional intelligence to your advantage. So it works for anything from business to your relationships, to your personal health and your well-being. How do you reach a state of optimal performance or a place where you can actually just be um as strong as you can be and fulfill your potential. So it sounds a bit cheesy, but it really is well put together. And you know, Daniel Goldman is a renowned psychologist. He's really, really well researched. He brings to the table years and years of experience. Um, and anybody who likes this book, so if you like books that we did last year, like Outlive or Atomic Habits and that sort of book, this is this is definitely um, uh, some, be something that appeals to you. Right. The next one is from the author of The Return. He uh, is a Pulitzer Prize winning author. His name is Hisham Matar, and he's got a new book called My Friends. And it's a novel about friendship, family, and the unthinkable, unthinkable realities of exile and what it means to a person to be exiled. Um, I think it is um, a novel that, you know, if, if, if you liked um, the previous book, The Return, you probably will, if you already are a fan of Hisham Matai, and I think this book will appeal to you. So one evening, a young boy growing up in Benghazi, Khalid, hears a bizarre short story read aloud on the radio about a man who's been eaten alive by a cat. Obsessed by the power of these words and their enigmatic author, Hossam Zawar, Khalid eventually embarks on a journey that will take him far from home to pursue a life of the mind at the University of Edinburgh. Um, there, he's thrust into an open society that is light years away from the world he knew in Libya. Khaled begins to change. He attends um, a protest against the Gaddafi regime in London, only to watch it explode in tragedy. And in a flash, Khaled finds himself injured, clinging to life in exile, unable to leave England, much less return to the country of his birth. And to even he can't even go back to tell his mother and father back home what he has done. On, he does it through tap phone lines because his phone lines are tapped and that sort of jeopardizes their safety. So it's an amazing novel. I think it will be on many of the short lists and the long lists in the year to come. So watch out for that one. It's called My Friends. The novel is by Hisham Matar. Right. The next one is a local author by the name of Sam Human. Uh, this is a book called Maria's Keepers. It's a fictional account of one woman and her experience in the Jehovah's Witness Church. No names have been mentioned in the book itself. So it's written as if it's a fiction uh, novel, but it's actually a nonfiction book. And uh, names have been changed and things like that. But it gives uh, us a glimpse into the abuse and the atrocities that she had faced in 
inside the growing up inside the Jehovah's Witness Church. So that book is called Maria's Keepers. It's a local uh, title, and it's by the author Sam Human. That's out now as well. And then the last one is a fiction title, really exciting uh, novel for us. It's something that we haven't done before. You would have probably seen trailers and, and things like that because there's a movie coming out. And the movie is called Argyle. And the author is a pseudonym uh, by the name of Ellie Conway. It's a spy novel. Um, and it's about, one, it's about one Russian magnet's dream of restoring a nation to greatness by setting in motion a chain of events that will take the world to the brink of chaos. Uh, only Francis Coffey, the CIA's most legendary spymaster, can prevent this from happening. And to do so, she needs someone special. This is where Argyle comes in. His life came to a thrashing halt as a teenager. Since then, he has been treading water, building barriers between himself and the world until one moment of compassion and brilliance will bring him to the attention of the most powerful woman in the secret world. Coffee knows all about Argyle's dark past. She knows it haunts him, but she also knows it may give him the skills to join the team going up against one of the most powerful men in the world. His crash course in espionage will take him from the jungles of Thailand to the boulevards of Monaco, from the monasteries of Mount Athos to a forgotten cavern buried deep in the mountains. It's a deadly rollercoaster ride that will either make him or break him. Now, the book, this book, Argyle by Ellie Conway, is actually going to be, it features in the movie. So when you watch the movie, uh, which is out now, I believe, uh, you will see the actual book that you're going to read here that I'm talking about in the movie. It's really, really interesting. And we haven't done something like this before. So it's a really exciting one for us. So look out for that one. Argyle, if you're in the mood for a great spy thriller, uh, Ellie Conway is the author, which is a pseudonym, but uh, I can't say any more on that. And with that, that's my list for this month. I hope you enjoy them. There's tons and tons more that Penguin Random House is doing. And I thank you for your time and for listening. Goodbye. Oh, wow. A huge thank you, Viz. That was fantastic. And your Penguin Random House team. I know there's so many people who work behind the scenes with you to bring out all these incredible books. You always have a really incredible selection of books for our listeners to choose from. And for that, we are eternally grateful. Listener, if you want to find out more about any of the titles that Viz has mentioned, they also obviously have shelves and shelves of other books. Uh, they have a website as well, obviously, penguinrandomhouse.co.za. But they also do a fantastic job on social media. I just saw a competition they've launched. Um, they post about their launches. They also post about their upcoming releases. They post about international books coming in as well as their local releases. So just look for Penguin Random House South Africa everywhere on social media and you're sure to find them. Right, so that's two of our publishers done. We've got one more fantastic publisher and we've got still exclusive books to go. Before that, let's have another piece of music. Thank you. 
That track was Moderata Sonata in G by Tatiana Tail and Dimitrios Giannakis, and it comes from an album called World Apart. And you're tuned into Book Choice, Publisher's Choice on Fine Music Radio. I want to take this opportunity to thank Mzu, Mwandi, and JP. We have a huge team behind the scenes, not only for selecting this music that we play on the show every couple of weeks, but they also build the show for us. And uh, it's a big job, and we're very grateful for them. The other thing that I want to tell you is that if you don't manage to catch the entire show or if you miss the show, we load every single show as a podcast on fmr.co.za or we also, of course, have an FMR app, which is great. Go straight to the app, straight to the website, go to the podcast section, look for Book Choice, and you'll find all our historical shows. And right at the top, you'll find today's show. Um, That's especially useful if... You know, there's so many titles we're telling you about all the time. So it's especially useful if one of the titles appeared to appealed to you. Maybe you can't remember the full title or you only remember the author. Who hasn't gone into a bookshop and said, I'm looking for a book. I think the cover is blue. Or I'm looking for a book. There's a bird on the cover. Often they can help, but uh, it might be more useful to know that the title of the book. So you're also always welcome to email me. Um, you can find the FMR email address on our website. And our third publisher today is Pan Macmillan. Pan Macmillan is one of my favorite South African publishers for sure. They still are publishing an awful lot of fantastic local content. They also bring in tons of titles from overseas and they just have wonderful taste in books. Just before Pan Macmillan come and join us, I want to tell you about a book that I'm sure they're going to mention in their next segment because they've just published this book. This book is called The Lost Love of Akbar Manzil. And it's by Shabnam Khan. So I first discovered Shabnam Khan when she brought out her previous book, which is a book of short stories that I have talked about on the show before. And it's called How I Accidentally Became a Global Stock Photo. So that came out a couple of years ago. And that was how I discovered Shabnam Khan. It is a book of essays. And I just related to it so much. She's a phenomenal writer. She's actually also an artist. If you follow her on social media, she's always busy making these very intricate drawings that I really enjoy and cutouts. Um, She's incredibly creative and incredibly artistic. So I love that uh, book of essays, How I Accidentally Became a Global Stock Photo. If you like to travel, she just has a, a really unique view of the world, which I very much enjoyed and I related to it. I felt like Even though the stories absolutely weren't about me and I hadn't had those adventures, I somehow felt like she was talking to me and those were kind of my stories. So I very much relate to her as a human being and as an author and as a writer and as an artist. So now what's so exciting is that Pan Macmillan have just brought out her novel and that's, as I mentioned, is called The Lost Love of Akbar Manziel. I'm halfway through. I'm very much enjoying it. As they say here in the blurb, it's sublime, it's heart-wrenching and lyrically stunning. It's a haunting love story and a mystery, all twinned beautifully into one young girl's search for belonging. It's very beautiful. It's set in Durban. It has this beautiful house at the center of it and the house is almost a character. Anyway, I'm almost positive that Shakti is going to mention it. So I just wanted to give it a shout out as well because I think this is a really lovely book and I can recommend it. So... Back to introducing Shakti and welcoming Pan McMillan to the show. Pan McMillan, Shakti, welcome to the show. We're looking forward to hearing what's on your shelves for the month of January and February. Hi. Hi, everyone. I hope you are doing well and that you've had a brilliant start to 2024 so far. For all FMR book lovers, we have some exciting news this February. 
Kristen Hanna, the award-winning international number one best-selling author with over 25 million copies of her book sold worldwide, is back with a brand new novel. From the worldwide number one best-selling author of The Four Winds, The Nightingale, and Firefly Lane, which, by the way, is a number one hit series now streaming on Netflix, comes another breathtaking novel that's in a masterclass of its own. The Woman by Kristen Hanna will be available worldwide on Tuesday, the 6th of February. Mark the date. Set against the backdrop of a nation divided by war, The Woman paints an intimate portrait of a woman coming of age in one of the most challenging periods in history. Our protagonist, 20-year-old nursing student Frances Frankie McGrath, who bravely joins the Army Nurses Corps and heads to Vietnam during a period when the world is rapidly changing. As green and inexperienced young men are sent to fight in the Vietnam War, Frankie is inundated with the appalling realities of war and forever changed by its devastating impact. But through these obstacles, she illustrates a rarely sung hero story, which is one of women putting themselves in harm's way to aid others. Praised by Delia Owens, the renowned author of Where the Crawdads Sing, she says, Kristen Hanna once again proves she is a master storyteller, weaving a story of unforgettable characters, devastating loss, and epic love. Reviewers worldwide are already falling in love with the woman. Best-selling author Christy Lefteri, who, as you know, wrote the unforgettable Beekeepers of Aleppo, can't stop raving about it. She's calling this a story of love, family, unbreakable bonds, bravery, and hope. She says she will never forget the characters, what they endured, and how they loved. Get your copy of The Woman on February 6th, which will be available at all leading bookstores and online. In fact, for those of you eager to make purchase now to ensure you get your copy, the book is currently on pre-order. If you do happen to be in the malls in February, I strongly encourage you to visit your local exclusive books or bargain bookstores who will have loads of point of sale everywhere in the store, celebrating this unique and utterly beautiful release. So ready your hearts for a journey of a lifetime. And remember, women can be heroes too. One last thing before I go, I just want to share with you a note from the author herself about her journey writing the woman. She writes, Dear reader, as you know, I have been writing books for a long time. It is always an adventure to dive into a novel and create a new world. Honestly, even after all these years, I always wonder if I will be able to do it again. And each time I finish, it feels like a bit of magic. But with all of that, there are still some books that become so special and dear to me that it feels like an unexpected moment of inspiration, of destiny almost. I felt that when I wrote The Nightingale, the slow-building certainty that I had come across an idea that was both unique and important. It is a rare gift to feel that way about a story, to feel that the journey of writing has somehow expanded one's horizon. This is exactly how I feel about the woman. I was a child when the Vietnam War started and a 13-year-old when it ended. The war is the dominant political and social event of my early life. Many of my friends' fathers went off to serve. Some didn't return. 
I remember keenly the upheaval and anger and division in the world at the time. A time, honestly, that reflects our world today in many ways. An era of deep political and social divides, of unrest and protests and anger, but also of hope that change could happen. As a girl, I watched it all alongside my parents, in protests on the streets and in black and white images on the nightly news. It was a hard time in America. Our government sent hundreds of thousands of young men to war, many with too little training. And then our country forgot them, or worse, shunned them when they came home. Still, when the war is talked about or remembered, it is about the men. Few people ever talk about the women who served. Most were nurses, but not all. When I began to collect their stories, hear about their wartime experiences and their rejection and problems upon coming home to a changed and deeply divided America, I knew that the story needed to be told. What I didn't know was that it would change my life, meeting these resilient, courageous women. I am so honored to have spoken to so many of these women and am proud to illuminate their service and make sure they are remembered. I hope you love the story as much as I do. Signed, Kristen Hanna. How about that? Tune in next time for more exciting book news with Pan Macmillan. Thank you so much, Shakti. So Shakti is actually the publicist at Pan Macmillan. And uh, so Shakti really also knows what she's talking about. She has all these books coming past her desk all day long. She's helping to promote them. She's helping with the event launches of these books. She's selling them into shops. So I do think that if she gives a recommendation, it's something that you can trust. Again, this is another publisher who are very active on social media. Pan Macmillan have beautiful social media posts. These also tell you about what they're bringing out. They also have competitions, event invitations. So I really do think if you pop onto social media and you search for Pan Macmillan South Africa and you find them, it's worth a follow. Right, so that's all three of our publishers for today's show. Before we turn to my very favorite bookseller in the whole country, Exclusive Books and Batya Bricker, how about another piece of music? This track is called Tea for Two and it's by Christel Burkholz.
back to the show. Of course, you're tuned into Book Choice, Publisher's Choice, right here on Fine Music Radio. And I'm your host, Paige Nick. I'm always here with you every second Tuesday between 12 and 1 to talk about as many books as we can cram into the hour. So this is our last segment of today's show, and I really enjoy Butcher Bricker. Butcher Bricker is the manager of books and brands at Exclusive Books. And I always tell you this, but Butcher and I have a very similar reading taste. Uh, and we often are messaging each other to say, have you read this or have you read that? So I definitely take special note of the things that Batya is recommending. Batya reads so much, I actually don't know how she finds the time. And uh, she just has great insights on the books that she's talking about. I saw in uh, when she mentioned what she was going to be talking about today, that she was going to be talking about historical fiction which is also a genre that interests me. And I saw, interestingly, I saw yesterday on the bookseller. So the bookseller is the international publishing industry's most influential newsletter. You can find it online. And they send out newsletters every day. But I saw that yesterday they posted an article about how historical books, both regional and specific, in 2023 were some of the biggest selling books and that's in history. That's through since records began. So I think historical fiction is having a very real uh, resurgence right now, very popular, and it's making a real comeback. If you're looking for a South African author who writes fantastic historical fiction, I can very much recommend an author named Penny Hall. The one she has out is called Miss Cust, um, and that's about the first ever female vet. And she has another one out, more recent, it's called The Woman at the Wheel, and that's about Mercedes-Benz. Super interesting. I'm seeing rave reviews everywhere about Penny Hawes' books. Highly recommend. Right, time for me to stop talking and for Butcher to tell us about what she's been reading, what exclusive books have on their shelves, and what she recommends, and to take us on a little tour of historical fiction. Welcome to the show, Butcher. Hello, exclusive books. Hello. I'm Batya Bricker from Exclusive Books. The other day, in a publisher subscription meeting to the Exclusive Books team, a book set in the 80s, and by that I mean the 1980s, was described as historical fiction. Oh my word, I felt ancient. But the Historical Novel Society does define the genre as works written at least 50 years after the events described. So as we edge towards 2030, I guess the 80s is getting pretty close to historical. It still doesn't quite feel like historical fiction to me. And historical fiction is my most favorite genre. It's the stories I choose to read when I get to choose. Every book genre brings something unique to the literary landscape. But historical fiction serves as a magical time machine, allowing readers to journey into different epochs and become intimate with bygone eras, cultures, practices, and significant events. Historical fiction also helps readers relate the past to the present. The genre can offer a profound understanding of how previous occurrences have shaped our contemporary world and thinking, connecting the dots in a way that mostly strictly factual historical analyses fall short of. You will know these rich tales from books like the recent The Covenant of Water, the epic story of Big Amachi, set in southern India by Abraham Verghese, or a book that from many years ago, Memoirs of a Geisha, 
Arthur Golden's story from post-war Japan. Other novels that so deftly weave fact with imagination include All the Light We Cannot See by Anthony Doer, the stunningly beautiful story about a blind French girl and a German boy whose paths collide in occupied France. The Other Berlin Girl, the story of Anne Berlin by Philippa Gregory. And then there's also Alice Hoffman's The World That We Knew, the courageous story of three unforgettable young women navigating 1940s Berlin. A new release to add to this must-read historical fiction canon, particularly from this era, is The Traitor's Wife by Sarah Steele. A feature title on Exclusive Books recommends Fall February. Inspired by the stories of the heroines of the Italian resistance, this is a heart-wrenching dual time frame story set between World War II Naples and the glamorous golden age of Hollywood. Naples, 1943. Luisa Giordano has lost her mother to a deadly disease, the man she loved to the Nazis when war came to Italy, and her unborn child obliterated at the hands of her own husband. All Louisa has left is her voice, and when she learns her husband is colluding with the enemy, she knows she must use it to fuel the woman of Naples. Los Angeles, 1962. Hollywood starlet Lola Hart has come a long way from the back streets of Naples. The glamorous parties, a way to dull the pain, of the past. When she is offered the role of a lifetime portraying a heroine of the Italian resistance, she knows returning home means confronting old ghosts. But as she seeks out the story behind the film, she realizes that there are many in Naples with secrets, and the woman she is to play held the greatest one of them all. The Traitor's Wife is a portrait of war and a powerful exploration of how far we will go to protect our families and a window into what life was like for the Italian people during the war. And then from master storyteller Kristen Hanna, the number one New York Times best-selling author over and over again, comes the story of a turbulent transformative era in America, the 1960s. It's called The Woman simply. And The Woman is that rarest of novels. At once, an intimate portrait of a woman coming of age in a dangerous time, and an epic tale of a nation divided by war and broken by politics, of a generation both fueled by dreams, but also lost on the battlefield. Women can be heroes too. When 20-year-old nursing student Francis Frankie McGrath hears these unexpected words, it's a revelation. Raised on idyllic Coronado Island and sheltered by her conservative parents, she has always prided herself on doing the right thing, being a good girl. But in 1965, the world is changing, and she suddenly imagines a different choice for her life. When her brother ships out to serve in Vietnam, she impulsively joins the Army Nurse Corps and follows his path. As green and inexperienced as the men sent to Vietnam to fight, Frankie is overwhelmed by the chaos and grim reality destruction of war. But then she faces the unexpected trauma of coming home 
to a very changed and politically divided America. It's a story of betrayal and trying to understand a new world. I found this so illuminating and heart-wrenching, actually. The Woman is the story of a woman gone to war, but it shines the light on a story of all women who put themselves in harm's way to help others, women whose sacrifice and commitment to their country has all too often been forgotten. It's a novel of searing insight and lyrical beauty. The Woman is a profoundly emotional, richly drawn story with a memorable heroine whose extraordinary idealism and courage under fire defined a generation. But if I had to choose my most favorite Kristen Hanna, it would be The Four Winds. On special price promotion at exclusive books during the month of February. The Four Winds is an epic novel of love and heroism and hope. Set against the backdrop of one of America's most defining eras, the Great Depression. Texas, 1934. Millions are out of work and a drought has broken the Great Plains. Farmers are fighting to keep their land and their livelihoods as the crops are failing, the water drying up, and dust threatening to bury them all. One of the darkest periods of the Great Depression, the Dust Bowl era, has arrived with a vengeance. In this uncertain and dangerous time, Elsa Martinelli, like so many of her neighbours, must make an agonising choice. Fight for the land she loves, or go west to California in search of a better life. The Four Winds is an indelible portrait of America and the American dream seen through the eyes of one woman whose courage and sacrifice came to define a generation. I read this book years ago, but Elsa has stayed with me all this time. Who can forget those racist, oaky slurs directed at her and her children? But also unforgettable is the sheer resilience of these families who braved a new life out west. It's a book I have kept on my shelf to reread. In an article for The Atlantic, historian Robert Lacey, who consults for the Netflix period drama The Crown, specifies that there's a difference between history and the past. He defines history as an interpretation of the past based on available facts. But that interpretation is not the only or even sometimes the best way to understand the past. Historical fiction, he said, can take us a step further from the available record. It's imagination inspired by the past. Historians sift through bits and pieces of evidence to build an interpretation Historical fiction fills in the space around those bits and pieces. Lacey finds writers can encourage empathy by crafting fiction with a historian's eye. The historian has to be humble and have great care and respect for the small threads of life and experience, he said. Historical fiction is like a cocktail of emotion and fact. For more of these kinds of literary concoctions, visit your nearest exclusive books or go online to www.exclusivebooks.co.za. Thank you so much, Batya. As always, absolutely fascinating. Um, I do love this genre. 
and thank you so much for all that insight and for all those interesting titles and I also really so appreciate your personal take that you bring to the show every month you read these books so deeply and then you bring your own personal taste on them and your personal perspective on them and I think it's great for our listeners and I personally really enjoy it and also as you know if the book you seek does truly exist you will absolutely and most definitely find it at exclusive books you can go online exclusivebooks.co.za and just find anything on their shelves there. They deliver, you can shop online, or they have these shops everywhere all over the country, so you can go and shop there. And that brings us to the end of today's show. I need to thank the Pan Macmillan team, the Jonathan Ball team, the Penguin South Africa team, and of course, Butcha Bricker from Exclusive Books and her team. I've already thanked Mzuma Wandi and JP for all their help. So all that's left is to thank you, listener, for coming and joining us on the show and listening to what we've got to offer. And again, feel free to email us and tell us about what you're reading and the kinds of things you like to read. And uh, we'd love to hear from you. You can find our email address at the fmr.co.za or on the FMR app. And let's play out with one last track. This is Progress by Shalimat Babos. And we'll be back with another book choice in two weeks' time, every second Tuesday from 12 to 1 p.m. Till then, happy reading.